0: Well, we're actually, like, fairly on time right now. I know we're only seven minutes behind.
1: Oh, wow. I mean, we started over a half hour ago, allegedly, but... I've
2: been sitting at this computer for almost an hour.
0: (laughs) What? Not almost an hour. Fifty minutes. I sat down at 1047. I gave 745... As a buffer to be starting by eight, I know exactly. And I think you interpret that as starting by seven, four, five. So you
2: got there. At I wanted to have it open in case you wanted. Like I, I, I wasn't. Oh. If I had gotten delayed, like I was, I was in a good position, whereas you were in a bad position. But it it all
1: worked out fine. I was not trying to get here at all. <laughs> I was like, yeah, guys, whatever. I'm brewing my tea. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. gonna be a few minutes, but like you know, I might be there if you need me. <laughs> My gum, I made it around the same time I did.
2: <laughs> so, okay, let's do let's do this one piece of follow-up we have. I think we can get through it really fast. I don't want to spend more than two minutes on it, um, which is weird because it's Tesla. But also, it's a super fast update because it's a super fast product. And I didn't even put this in here. So, Mike, what uh, what do you want to follow up on with Tesla?
0: Well, I, I put this in here for you, Rob, because I knew if I didn't, you would. <laughs> Uh, i don't think so they, <laughs> a couple of days ago they announced the release or potential release the pending release in, release in 2019 release and we'll call it, of the tesla semi which we've talked about before mm-hmm. and they gave some stats or not some stats but quoted some uh expected performance of the semi and it looks to be pretty good pretty competitive the their their range yeah yeah their range is really good on it i think it was about twice as much as what the other manufacturers were projecting for their uh, potential electric car or electric semi-models mm-hmm. and the uh there's an additional surprise actually sorry before i move on to that the one point that i found interesting was that they downplayed and didn't even mention the autonomous aspect right if it's even going to be a thing i think we were all very uh anticipatory of the autonomous aspect of the tesla semi but as of this time that's not something they're advertising for this model what i think if i if i could
2: conjecture i think they're slow playing this to be like to get people to assume that it will have it i think tesla wants everyone to assume that all their cars are going to have autopilot just kind of built in i think they want that to to be the assumed standard and i think that's why they're not communicating
0: sure possibly the other aspect too is even if they're not advertising it it can probably just as easily be pushed with like a firmware update right. kind of thing and like just turn the switch on literally turn the switch yeah. on uh with with an update because i think similar updates i know like the battery battery capacity range power something of that sort was pushed with a so- software firmware update to the car they can back. wirelessly change the software capa-
2: the, the with the software they can change the battery capacity assuming that it are like so I, is what you're referring to the thing that they did in Florida with the flood with the flooding and the hurricane?
0: Uh, that was that was a more recent one. There was one before. I feel like it was some sort of like appeasement <laughs> to their customer base because uh, I, I sorry I, I don't have it in front of me here, but there was something about them giving some complimentary upgrade, so to speak, to one of their models to certain customers, mm-hmm. and it was a, it was a matter of updating the battery capacity or. Or something of right. that sort and it was all done wirelessly over mm-hmm. over a software firmware update so and i did hear about the thing about the yeah that that as well so they, that they kind of gave yeah. everyone the extra range to simplify
2: their product line they they'll manufacture a bunch of different like uh, or sorry they'll mod- manufacture like one model of car and sell it at different battery capacities so all of the cars have the maximum battery capacity but it's just powered down by software and so I think what you're referring to when you say wireless update that gives you more battery capacity, that's it's it's giving you the entire battery capacity that the car has, which yeah, like it simplifies their product line, it simplifies manufacturing, and that's why they do it. But it, it does seem very weird to buy extra battery and like carry it around if if you can't use it. And so what they did in Florida for people who who don't follow Tesla like I do is people were trying to get out of the hurricane, the path of the hurricanes that hit florida and that that area they were able to wirelessly update to basically unlock the full capacity to let people get as far away as possible with their tesla batteries i think with the goal being to ramp it back down to what they actually paid for once the threat was over which i think like it's a really cool idea but it does seem kind of weird that it's necessary to do
1: yeah so this is a genuine question because i don't actually remember if this was talked about or if we talked about this but did we talk about the Hyperloop One proposal from Toronto to Montreal? I'm pretty sure we did talk about it.
2: I don't know if we went into much detail. Okay. Yeah.
1: I, I would like to be on the record as hyped. I'm super hyped. Yeah, like half an hour to go. And it's, so we follow the similar route. That well, 39 minutes. Close so enough. <laughs> shorter than a plane ride yeah. from, Toronto, or from Toronto to Ottawa. To, yeah, Toronto to Montreal through Ottawa, same as Via Rail does right now.
2: Yeah, Yeah. Er, Def- sure. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. And so I think okay. the quoted 39 minutes is actually from Toronto to Montreal through Ottawa. It is, yeah. But I don't think, like, that's not a, that's not a route because it would have to stop. Like, there'd have to be some layover in Ottawa to get people on and off. That's always going to be, like, the <laughs> slowest part of train transportation when you have that fast of a, or I guess it's not even a train, I but.
1: I don't know how often you've taken the train, but yes, yes it is. Yeah. <laughs> I've taken it a few times. It's also the case with bus trips. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah.
0: So I found the story on the battery upgrade that I was thinking mm-hmm. about. So it was from May 2016. And it was the Model S cars that they had sold for the past month were being upgraded to 75 kilowatt hour from 70. Uh, and it was it was a kind of a $3,000 upgrade that you could buy. Okay. So it, it wasn't a... Uh, complimentary upgrade that i remembered it was they gave the option to upgrade the battery if you wanted to right which they still offer they say i believe i
2: don't see why they wouldn't so uh, yeah i have i go on the tesla site too often okay um they (laughs) offer a number of upgrades like if you you can buy the enhanced autopilot and it's like 2000 or something more than if you get their regular autopilot even though all the hardware is in the car so same with the battery if you if you purchase that capacity or that functionality at the time of purchase, then it's cheaper than if you want to upgrade later. So they turned on the ability to upgrade your battery capacity after the fact, but it's more expensive than if you had bought that capacity at the time of purchase. So they want to incentivize that the reason they did it is to is because it's better than just having your dead battery sitting there. It's similar. um, A few years ago, we talked about Intel, uh, having certain processing abilities or certain clock speeds of the chips, like they were kind of, downgraded intentionally i think it was a similar kind of manufacturing thing where they were able to offer you could unlock the full clock speed of your chip if you just paid a little more um Mm. after the fact and i think this is just a similar idea with capacity
0: right like vehicle manufacturers they throttle their vehicles all the time like that's what they do to i'm i'm assuming is to extend the life of the parts and stuff so that people don't overdrive their their cars but a lot of shops will modify those those throttle throttling and the tuning Mm -hmm. and unlock that quote-unquote full potential of your car and uh yeah technology i'm sure does does the same thing like you alluded to there i mean
1: doesn't don't they throttle the car at like 200 kilometers an hour or something like that tesla no like other manufacturers yeah
0: well i know like a lot of like corporate fleets will have their cars throttled to like 105 oh yeah right (laughs) just so that their drivers don't speed um or with the other thing of like you can put in whatever gps tracking and it sends a message mm. to the
2: the company if you go that fast yeah company
0: yeah exactly like uh my brother was working for a company that did that with their cars mm. and from my from what i heard it didn't really deter people from speeding it just <laughs> <laughs> it just let the got people yell at more yeah yeah <laughs> uh so
2: i don't want to spend too long on tesla like i said um, but we should also just, I'll just mention that they also unveiled the Roadster 2. So, their first big car was, <gasps> was the Roadster. What? And, <laughs> uh, this, just like, this car is just insane. I It does, when uh, I was reading some of the specs, it does, was 0 to 100 kilometers an hour in 1.9 seconds. And uh, there was a tweet from Elon Musk that clarified that that was the regular production car and that you could buy a package that would make it even faster than that. Like this this car is just going to be stupidly fast like they did when they did this uh, this uh, keynote address unveiling uh, thing. They had a car drive up and they were, they were giving test drives and the acceleration on it, even in video, not sped up, like even just in live fan captured video, it's ridiculous. I don't understand how the tires don't like actually get how they get traction on regular road surfaces. It's so amazingly fast uh so yeah i'd recommend going in and
1: watching Sorry. A few of those. i just i just yeah. want to jump in here like <laughs> hey hey guys shut up for a second um <laughs> uh, no i'm just i'm watching the unveiling video right mm. now and so i i just i i desperately want to talk about the roadster 2 more mm-hmm.
0: what does it make like a sound when it accelerates like you know that's a big appeal to people that buy these types of cars where you know they slam the gas it goes and then just rips off you know
1: no nope. so fun story about that um there are cars out there that actually have the stereo system enhance the engine noise oh yeah that's definitely a thing
0: i've heard of the things you can attach to the exhaust to make it like <laughs> make kind it of louder. how when you're a kid you put like the pop can in your bicycle <laughs> I've, spokes. I've
1: heard the things living in downtown calgary yeah they're everywhere <laughs> making noise During bar hours when I'm trying to sleep. (laughs) My (laughs) God, that's a sexy beast. (laughs) Just oh wow. Yeah, it's a nice looking car. And it's just like a little squeak from the tires. That's all you hear. The
2: um Wow. Interestingly, so the way they're doing this, they have they have a founders model, which is like a specific, there's gonna be one thousand of them made, and you can reserve them. They're not this car isn't coming out until twenty twenty at current uh that's their current estimate and but you can so you can uh reserve a car in the same way that you could with the model or probably still can with the model three and i think you put down like a fifty thousand dollar deposit on the regular tesla uh the roadster two the founder's edition of which they're only a thousand comes out in 2020 at the earliest you have to put down Within 10 days of making the reservation, you have to put down the entire $250,000 price tag. (laughs) And it doesn't come out until another at least two and a half years.
1: Okay, guys, I've made a decision. You're going to do it. (laughs) I'm going to get some obscene paying job in Fort McMurray. Okay. So that I can live in poverty in Fort McMurray (laughs) and afford this car somehow.
2: I mean, you have until I
1: assume that the gas prices will make up for it somehow. Yeah.
0: I mean, by 2020. that's how that works. Yeah. Yeah. You're supposed to make your money back over like 10 years or something. So. (laughs) Even. Yes. (laughs) Even on $250,000. Yeah. So this.
1: I actually. I was working at SGS at one point when the Tesla Roadster 1 was on the market. Mm -hmm. And I remember looking up the facts and figures and going, man, I don't know how it'd work in the winter. But like, I could get to and from work on one charge. Yeah. If I really. If I really pushed it somehow.
2: Well. that's the other thing is that i think this one they said it has a it's it's a 200 kilowatt hour battery which the current biggest battery pack they make is a 100 kilowatt hour so this has something like a 600 mile uh like battery capacity
1: yeah so i mean i will say i'm sure that the the acceleration is just beastly on this car because that's the case with electronic motors Mm -hmm. like Yeah. I don't know how much, how often you, you guys played with like the electronic motor cars, but it's, they're great. They just, and they're going, it's beautiful. I'm sure the handling on this is going to suffer. Like it's, it's very low. And I mean, you can see the wheels are right at the corners of the vehicle, but. So there's also like like a lot
2: of battery right under the car. Like it's going to have a very low center of gravity
1: no no but the weight of the batteries is probably going to be a hindrance to those people that want a typical supercar right. experience yeah um i because like you're, you're probably going to slide a lot more with that much weight
2: i'm going to include a link to mkbhd's discussion he talks for nine minutes about the tesla roadster two, and i just think <laughs> i enjoyed watching it and i feel like if you like the car and want to kind of hear more about it from someone who's already got the model s And he's super excited about it, and I feel like if I could afford that, I would also. I think he, I think he said he reserved it. Like he, he's like one of the biggest tech YouTubers that exists, and already buys all this like eight K video gear. Um, so he's the one making the two hundred fifty thousand dollar
1: deposit on this. I, I'm so excited about the Roadster too. I was actually lamenting privately to myself the other day, like, man, Roadster was so cool. (laughs) What a weird thing. Isn't there another Roadster out? <laughs>
2: uh, all right. So uh, we're going to be talking more about the Roadster, I'm sure, as time progresses, like we did with the Model 3. But uh, I w- Like in 10 minutes or so? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> that's, that's not what I'm saying. Oh. Uh, but for now, Mike, again, you are the Alberta-based main host of the show. So why don't you uh, give our second piece of follow-up, which is some news on uh, what we're
0: doing with the show. Well, to be fair, this isn't follow up. This is follow in. Okay. And we're very excited to announce that we are now official members of the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ETB. Woo! Yeah! <laughs>
1: I'm sorry. I thought you said you were excited.
0: Well, I'm it's contained excitement. <laughs> <laughs> He's not just learning this news. Yeah, you're just kind of smirking a little bit. Come on, Mike. Get up. Mike is obviously Get ready. More... Get hyped. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, no, uh, Karen Unland officially welcomed us uh, the past couple weeks here. And we're, I guess, this is our first episode as members of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATV. And we're very excited to be a part of it. There's a lot of great shows a part of the network already, including ours, if I can mm-hmm. say the least. And uh, you can find all those shows at albertapodcastnetwork.com. And you can find them on Twitter as well at Alberta Podnet and uh, give them a tweet, a shout out from us. Say hi, say thanks, and uh, stay tuned to this show and desktop, our other show as well, for a lot more news on the network itself. Some of the shows, uh, there's a lot of cool shows on there. Some tech ones, some sports ones, a lot lot of different, whatever you're into, you'll find a show on there for sure. So just check it out and let us know what you think. I was talking
1: to the actual podcasters at at the official onboarding event. And I was shocked that there were so many good ideas just in Calgary. Like, Alberta aside, just in Calgary. Like, uh, one of the shows that I thought sounded really cool was The Expats. And that's where they interview, like, Canadian expatriates from around the world. Just talking about that and how that goes. And I thought one of the funnier ones was the Tight Ends podcast. There are two sports podcasts, like, from that room. Mm -hmm. Tight Ends being the sports podcast for those who don't necessarily like sports podcasts makes sense hmm. the the tagline that the host used was i may not know much about sports but i know a tight end when i see one <laughs> <laughs>
2: so
0: that's pretty good that's pretty uh, good
1: like i yeah. was just, i was really impressed with the creativity that was right there right in front of me
0: yeah there's even like an overlap between the sports and the technology i think there's one called on deck that they do sports and technology in sports hmm. so yeah lot lots of cool stuff there and yeah all local Alberta content and uh good good representation from Calgary for sure and, and Edmonton and everywhere else in Alberta as well cool
1: yeah so what wi- I mean as we speak <laughs> from both cities <laughs> yep so with that we're officially
2: also moving to uh a regular schedule where we're going to be doing future chat on the third Sunday of every month just so everyone can uh add that to their calendars like we have on ours and uh so yeah i'm i'm really looking forward to this partnership i think being able to promote shows like i'm i'm from uh, calgary i grew up there for from the ages of zero to 18 and uh i'm really excited to to listen to some of their shows and and be able to talk about them here
0: i as well Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) i i still question your excitement (laughs) based on your lack of cheering (laughs) but that's okay
2: i'll i'll dub in your cheering sounds on my channel in the audio and it'll sound like we're both uh, cheering. Okay.
1: That sounds <laughs> fantastic.
2: So, Nick, why don't you tell us, uh, you've been waiting. You've been waiting, what, a month almost for this? You, I actually think, yeah, it's been about a month. You got a new phone and you've been wanting to talk about how it is.
1: More that I wanted to talk about it with you guys. Yeah. So, right off the hop... Do you have any questions for me? Which which model is it? <laughs> Pixel 2. What a waste Can't, of a Not question. the XL, just not the, the XL. Pixel 2. <laughs> and part of, and this is going to sound silly, but actually, Mike just straight up won't believe me. But I have this thing where when I move my thumb, my, <laughs> like the rest of my fingers kind of contract with my thumb as if I'm going to grab something. But, so whenever I go to access something on the bottom right, part of the screen on a phone like the weight from the rest of the phone makes it really tippy and so like i didn't want the bigger model for that reason and also i mean the nexus 5 was kind of straining the limits for some of the cell phone pockets in my suits and i mean it's just not gonna do so i went for the smaller model and after hearing the horror stories about the burned in pixels on the xl Mm. i'm I'm pretty happy with my choice you any other questions
0: you're on android nougat right now i don't know <laughs> but do how you, do though? i find out i would assume so eight is it's, oreo um, right Oreo's not out yet i think they're in beta i want to say
2: okay i would be very intrigued if if nick and i were on a similar even like the same major version of android i'm on 8.0.0 0. 0. I think that's oreo isn't it I don't know Mike you're the one that's supposed to know these
0: things none of us well I don't I don't I don't know them by number so yeah eight is oreo yeah so I actually okay. didn't even realize they were being released with oreo already so color me surprised
2: yeah 7.1.1 is the version that my moto x play just got updated to recently so I would be very surprised if uh yeah if that didn't have it
0: so the Pixel 2 and the iPhone 8 are essentially analogs of each other. Yep. Like they're pretty much identically sized. Uh, Except for the freedom. Pretty much. Except for the freedom. I have freedom.
1: <laughs> glorious, glorious freedom. It has better... <laughs> I can put icons wherever I want. It's beautiful. <laughs> better
0: pixels per inch.
1: Which one has better pixels yours. per inch? Yeah. Pixel 2. The Pixel 2. Well, yours. thank God. With a name like Pixel, I would hope so. <laughs>
0: That is quite appropriate. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So, I'll tell you first what I'm loving about the phone and the for like the top of mind in terms of user experience because I'm constantly picking up and putting down my phone. So, the fingerprint scanner is just tremendous. And I know that's like, speaking of biometrics, <laughs> um, I know that's common across many phones now as I understand it. But the ability to just pick it up and touch the fingerprint scanner on the back is wonderful. I absolutely adore it. I also like the like the expanded Android functionality that I wasn't experiencing with Nexus Five. Yeah, like trusted Wi-Fi networks or trusted devices. Like I think I can set it up for like good examples would be my Fitbit, the car the Wi-Fi network in the apartment here, like once it connects to any one of those things, it'll say, oh, this is a trusted place. I'll just stay unlocked, which is really handy.
2: Yeah, that is, that. that's super useful.
0: It's good to know if I'm ever over.
1: <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not handy at all. I'm never putting that, or I'm never turning that on. <laughs> Stupid Mike.
0: Um, so this is the first new flagship phone you've owned, right? This uh like the five, how old was the five when you bought it? It was probably you know, like, two years old at least, eh? everything I've purchased
1: since the HTC desire was a year old at least. Right.
0: Yeah. And I'm I'm in the same boat, honestly. Like I still haven't like I bought the four when it was a year old, the Nexus four, mm-hmm. and my current Note four I bought when it was about a year to eighteen months old already. Hmm. Yeah. So. Um, And
1: so that's what I did. The Desire wasn't old when I got it, but like it wasn't, I didn't pre-order the Desire.
0: Was that their flagship at the time?
1: HTC? Yeah. Yeah. Was it? Okay. Well, that was their top end phone.
0: That's what I mean. Yeah. Like every, every maker generally has kind of like their, what they call a flagship and then kind of the economy models. Yeah. Okay. I did not know that. Hmm. Yeah. Like Samsung is, they kind of own that corner of having 50,000 different <laughs> models. Yeah. One one for every person who's looking for something, so.
1: Yeah. Basically, yeah. So, I adore that. I am just smitten with the camera. And I haven't done any, like, dark light stuff like that or low light setting mm-hmm. experimentation. But I've heard that's really good on the Pixel. And I'm not much of a photographer, but.
2: So, Nick, I'm, I'm, just- I'm- Have you tried out the, on the front facing camera, apparently, this is what I hear and see examples of, the front facing camera with a portrait mode where it'll blur the background behind you. I've heard that's really good with Google's machine learning stuff.
1: I've heard that's very good. I have not, uh, I think I tried it once to see what it would do. And then I looked at the picture and realized I was standing behind or standing in front of a blank wall. And so... (laughs) Oh, it looks great. Like, I just, I just looked at the picture. I was like man i'm an idiot <laughs> so, <laughs> so i have not tried that but if you want i could take a selfie in f- like with a busier background well we can upload point, it to the show sure. notes later
0: yeah. yeah like they've they've done like again talk about mkbhd like he's done a bunch of comparisons mm-hmm. between the pixel 2 and the iphone 8 yeah and uh yeah it's, it's pretty black and white so to speak yeah the uh the, the difference between the, the, the two front facing cameras.
1: The one thing I found jarring is this one does the motion capture, so a picture is actually like actually like a short video. Yep. And that I find because I'm just not used to dealing with it. Like I have actually gone and picked better like frames of the short video. Yeah. At this point, but I still like I'm going to zoom in on something and then it starts moving. I'm like,
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It, it does feel like you're living in the Harry Potter universe when you w- when you first get that. It's just like, <laughs> I took a picture, but I get to see like a second and a half video clip of what was happening when the picture was being taken. I, I really like that feature too.
1: A lot of, well, I'm not utilizing it to its full capacity either, because a lot of the la- the latter bits of that clip is me like dropping the phone mm. so that I can look at it.
2: I assume because that's relatively new to Android, but iOS has had it for a while. One of the first software updates they did after it came out was to to for the gyroscope in the phone. If if it detected that the phone was suddenly like lowered, it would cut the the photo before like the video part of the photo before that happened. So Mm. that fixed a lot of those problems. Where if you did that, it you just wouldn't see that part of it, and uh, that fixed a lot of those issues for me.
1: Right, and. Like, another thing I'm really liking about the phone is how smooth it feels. Like, not physically, but after using a laggy yeah, yeah. and crashy phone for so long, it's like, oh my god, I just, I swipe, and the thing I want to happen happens. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> this is unprecedented in my life.
0: Yeah. That, that just, happened with, the, uh, with my work phone, like the iPhone SE and the Note 4 that I have. Like, when you tap on the Note 4, you have to, w- like, literally wait, like... Two seconds For something to happen Yeah Like even yeah. if it's Popping open Like an app folder Like an icon folder You like tap And wait And then it opens and then the iPhone, I like when I first started using it more, I like tapped it and I was like waiting. I'm like, oh, that happened right away. That's weird. <laughs> like you just you get conditioned to just building that delay into your actions yeah. after using that type of phone for so One, long.
2: It would work if you upgraded for for fairness' sake. If you went from the Note Four to the Note Eight, you'd have the same thing. Oh, it's for not sure. Like no, I, going I, to no, the This phone. isn't. Yeah.
0: yeah. No, this isn't like an Android versus iOS yeah. thing. It's just going from like an older yeah. phone that's long in the tooth yeah. compared to like a newer phone.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm can i can i share a a gear grinding with you guys when it comes to
0: new
1: we actually don't want to hear what you have to say on this so the next thing i want to talk about is (laughs) it's
2: not about android it's about uh phone people like technology people in general have started using this phrase recently like in the last year maybe a year and a half how it feels in the hand I, i i I hate that phrase. That phrase is the word moist to me. Every time I hear someone say it, I'm like, I don't, it's such a bad phrase. It just sounds bad. Have you guys heard that and
0: felt anything Yeah, it? it? Well, it's
1: the equivalent of mouthfeel.
0: Yeah. Right? So it's like. Mouthfeel
1: is totally a thing.
0: Right. So how it feels in the hand or hand feel. So Right. So I just, I hate the phrase. I don't hate the idea, like how a phone
2: feels when you're holding it is a reasonable thing to think about and consider and talk about in like a review or a a discussion about the phone but
1: i hate i will disagree with you totally there like i was trying to go for reviews of phones to like compare notes Mm -hmm. because i was between this and the galaxy s8 and like my god i had to scroll past so many things like how it feels in the hand and like so if you look at the design it has a slight rounded edge which is really a throwback to and i'm like i don't care <laughs> i could not care less about what you're trying to tell me jesus well okay so uh, what's the processor what's the ram I, how many megapixels how many pixels is in the camera <laughs> what's the battery life what's the battery capacity
2: if you're directly comparing two phones I think there is some a little bit of value to comparing specific specs like that. But in general, I think if you're getting the flagship phone from Google, like HTC, Google, wait is the Pixel is made by two different manufacturers, right? Anyways, the um the flagship phones, if you're comparing them, I guess it makes sense to compare those specs, but I really think like if you're getting a flagship phone, whether it's Android or iOS, the specs matter a lot less than they used to and it like i think it is important especially with phones getting bigger and bigger to know what it actually like if if it actually is too big to fit comfortably in your hand um and i think it's needlessly pretentious oh that i'm not going to argue about that like that okay that is honestly i I do feel like the the way it feels in the hand sentence that i hate so much is because it sounds super pretentious and it's just the phrase itself that i hate but the idea of it is i think it's coming from a good place like i would like to know if something feels bulky or feels plastic and light and cheap like i would like to know that but i just hate the phrase itself it just sorry
1: well don't like it i encourage you to listen to more tech podcasts because i'm (laughs) sure they'll talk about it a lot they
0: will i i agree with you rob that i want to know that information like how it feels in the hand why do you say that's it fine. that's fine why do you say the thing that's fine that you don't like the phrase itself but what else are you supposed to say i agree how it how it feels when i hold it in my hand if you pick up so a I've got this water
1: bottle and i've had it for i've had it for a long time actually and what i really find key is how it feels in the hand yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's analogy so it has a lot of similarities with Nalgene uh, laboratory squirt bottles with how they feel in the hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how that feels in the hand. Mm. How it feels in the hand.
2: <laughs> so, it, it, people have an aversion to the word moist, but how do you grab a sponge that has been used recently, but not that recently, and still wet? You have to say that it's moist. Exactly. You could say so it's damp. It's you could a necessary... say a damp
1: sponge. You
2: could say a damp sponge. It's a damp. necessary phrase to use i think i can come up with a better i don't have a better terminology yet because i don't really use that kind of phrase to describe a phone because i've i would this thing is tiny and doesn't even need to be an issue because it fits in everybody's hand but uh i don't know i i
1: just don't like the phrase i would say like just use the terminology used in like knife making like is it
0: balanced right but that's an aspect of how it feels in the head (laughs) like (laughs) i want to know if it's smooth if it's tacky if it's heavy
1: how much these are things you want to know
0: how much girth it has like these are all important things to know when i'm trying to hold something in my hand how slippery yeah like (laughs) do i need to use two hands like how big is it right can i handle how big it is in my hand oh my gosh I, i need to know this mike is title fishing right now very important aspects how big is it
2: (laughs) Uh. Uh. okay so nick i feel like you've gotten off some of the discussion you want to have with this with your new phone is there anything else you wanted to say about it
1: yes there are things that i don't like about it okay um, that said, I think this might be podcast addict more than the phone itself, but I mean, the problem is it's crashed a couple times on me, like more than I think a flagship phone should be crashing on me, but it occurs to me that the only times that has happened is when podcast addict is running, but at the same time, if I'm actively using my phone, I'm probably running podcast addict, right, so. I'm not sure whether that's the app or it's just the fact that that's the only time I would ever notice it because all of a sudden my podcast playback stops. Mm -hmm. Still not switching apps, though, because I love it. Is that podcast Um, edit
2: crashing or the entire phone, like, respringing? I was going to
1: ask the same thing. The whole phone goes down Mm -hmm. and I have to reboot it in, like, that weird safe mode kind of way Mm -hmm. because it just won't turn back on for me, Right, Mm -hmm. which is concerning it is <laughs> not just for me but for google as a whole yeah um and oh no i was gonna say like pokemon oh my god my pokemon ex- experience has improved dramatically yep i raided yesterday and it was beautiful i dodged <laughs> some charge moves yep that said i took on i tried to solo a Machamp with heavy slam and that went terribly because yep. i was just i was not ready for that
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm very glad to hear that you're trying to solo things yeah. no like for me that that's a really fun aspect of the game when i can find a level three
1: i i don't know i'm fine soloing level twos getting my jollies that way mm-hmm. but like i was really close on my champ but i was at the mud art and it was closing so right. i had to leave also i had to pick kaya up so that would do a it a variety of factors were Tearing me right. away from trying to beat this Machamp with stupid heavy slam. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I think, I don't know if you saw the comments that I made in, in the Slack about my attempt at my last attempt at Machamp, where I actually beat it, but it had the thing where like you beat it, but then the timer just keeps counting down and then times you out.
1: Oh, that's so aggravating. I ran into that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, like normally, normally, you if it's dual fighting moves or even if it's just a fighting charge move like gengar can tank that like nobody's right. business but
0: yeah i know this is like a counter dynamic punch but like mm-hmm. gengar doesn't have quite the same dps output as like an espion or alakazam with the type well advantage. if you have
1: if you have gengar with sludge bomb it's not too bad is poison super effective
0: against yeah fighting? oh okay yeah come on mike well i knew poison resist fighting i didn't realize it went the other way
1: and with with the ghost immunity to fighting, that's yeah. effectively a triple resistance. Yeah.
0: No, I, I remember that part. I just thought about the the attack aspect. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah. I, th- I think so anyway. So, like, especially if you have a legacy Shadow Claw moveset, it's yeah. just brilliant. It's wonderful because it charges and damages and it's beautiful. And I think that's almost all, or I think that's basically all I have to say about my new phone. I love it desperately and I really need to get a case for it because <laughs> it's just sitting here caseless <laughs> and it's dangerous with me.
0: What kind of back does it have?
1: Um, I don't think it's important, so I'm not going to discuss it. It's a metal back, but it's plasticky. This is what I've heard. No. No? I, I would disagree.
2: No, like it, I think it might be plastic coating, Like, but th- there is aluminum back there.
1: Like it feels almost ceramic-y, but Okay. Okay. No, you know what? I'll just show you. <laughs> Dear listeners, Nick is showing us the back of his phone. Yeah. It's got it d- it's got the little Yeah. Is it metallic? Closely at the back of the phone. Sorry. Let me let me get right into this. If you look closely at the back of the phone, the first thing you notice is the rounded depression, which is the fingerprint scanner. Mm-hmm. It's a matte finish, grey. Well, black but next to the glassy black on the top next to the phone it almost looks like a gray a very subtle two-tone and adding to this effect is the small Google G you see at the very bottom of the phone subtle minimalist very much borrowing from Apple's design and also recycling instructions because Google is an environmentally responsible company.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm trying to Google what the material is, and there's nothing...
1: Um, Now let's talk about how it feels in the head.
0: Damn it.
2: The, uh, on on Google's The Google
1: Pixel 2 is very evenly balanced, which is difficult for me because I'm used to the Nexus 5, which was slightly (laughs) off-balance, so I always knew which way was up. This is problematic unless you start feeling for the fingerprint scanner or the glassy finish on the top of the back next to the camera. Uh,
2: I believe, so what I'm reading here on the Google Store is aluminum unibody construction and then a hybrid coating on top. So it says Mm. aluminum unibody with hybrid coating, which is exactly what I described.
1: So I'll take the win. (laughs) I'm telling you how it feels in the hand and it feels in the hand like ceramic. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that's
2: a good thing. Like it feels, it feels a little, feels that good.
1: It feels a little warm to be metal. Right. Yeah. That's the hybrid coating. Yeah. Okay.
2: That's, that's what you'd want. I'm just telling you how it
1: feels in the hand.
2: I, I understand you're trying to sneak that phrase in as many times as you can. I, I get it
1: oh and the speakers are great the speakers are always also front-facing so that when you put your phone down it's actually projecting the sound out which is how you would want that to work
2: yeah um can i segue into you were nick talking about getting a case can i segue into the next story do you feel like are you done with the pixel stuff
1: well, I feel like you can't segue at this point because you've just like inserted this hard division uh, nice hard into segue. the stories. Yeah. But you could have said, hey, Nick, um, you've mentioned cases and I wanted to discuss this. Is that all right with you? And I'd say, yeah, Rob, that's that's fine. This is a very convenient and small segue break. Mm-hmm. And you say, well, thanks, Nick. That's great. So regarding cases, and that would be a segue. This episode
2: of Future Chat is sponsored in part by ATB. Uh, so we're going to talk to you a bit today about the ATB financial transformation team, which I think kind of goes right along. They seem like the, if there was a team of, uh, of employees and, and workers at ATB that kind of would get along best with the hosts of Future Chat, I feel like it would be this team. Um, the, on their website, it says their mission is to reimagine banking to make it work for people and innovating process, enabling people and adding new technology, which... Like I love when when banks and big institutions are, are willing to kind of change and adapt and innovate in technology. And uh, yeah, so I, I I'm intrigued, Mike, you brought this link up to uh, to us to talk about today about biometrics and what ATB is doing. Do you want to kind of introduce why it was so interesting to you?
0: I find it interesting because we talk a lot on the show about how the technology landscape is moving more toward uh, biometric uh, authentication when it comes to technology, whether it be phones or uh, or identification or basically anything for that matter. I think passwords in general are just going falling by the wayside just because they have so many security vulnerabilities. But biometrics are generally more secure, and ATB uh, is definitely moving on that initiative with their. Uh, their biometrics being used to uh, enable people that don't have the either the ability to obtain official government issued identification or just happen to not keep it with them all the time. Right. If that makes sense. Uh, so, you know, if you're, if you're homeless and you just don't really have the ability to, it, first of all, obtain identification, even if you have it to, to kind of keep track of it and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Right. So, but I think, with uh, voting regulations moving more toward not requiring super strict identification requirements, I think uh, banking can definitely go the same way. Everyone has, uh, you know, the right to vote and people should have, you know, the ability to safely and securely store money mm-hmm. and, and not feel that you have that risk of either being robbed or uh, or just lose track of it if, if you're not able to put it into a bank.
2: Yeah. We talked about um, Touch ID on, on our other show Desktop and how ATB was one of the first banks in Canada to actually go through with uh, getting Apple Pay and Touch ID rolling out. Apparently they also have uh, there's one branch in Edmonton on Boyle street that has retinal ID to serve their customers, which I think is just, like, that's so cool. Even just to have one branch be able to do it. Like it's something that they're, they're working on and to be able to not necessarily have to carry, like you mentioned, to not necessarily have to carry ID if you can't, uh, or if you don't have like it's, it's, there's no real easy way to get just an ID, like we have our driver's license. But if you don't drive or don't have a car and have no reason to get that license, then it can be cumbersome to get to just have a general purpose ID. And this serves as that ID for for that branch in Edmonton.
0: Yeah, you know, and and you know, we we talked in the show about the uh, the Ontario government moving towards having the digital identification. Mm-hmm. So I think that's another step toward. Uh, not having to rely on physical identification and just making it more accessible to everyone, not only adults, but even even teens and youth potentially if they, if they go that direction. Because I think official identification can be very powerful and very useful. But uh, if you're not in a position uh, to be able to obtain that easily, then that can definitely be a, a challenge. Yeah,
1: I think it's tremendous. Yeah. I can't believe that all banks aren't jumping as hard as ATB Financial is on this one. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm just so excited. It's a great initiative. So if you're interested in this or any of the other ATB initiatives that we'll be talking
2: about uh, in ads for this uh, this great sponsor, you can head to ATBalphaBeta.com and they have a bunch of different uh, technological innovations and updates that they're working on. So go check it out. So speaking of having a phone without a case, uh, for a while... I have had my iPhone in a very, very thin case that doesn't, like it covers the back of the phone, but doesn't cover the, doesn't extend to anywhere near the front of the phone. It stays away, goes right up to the to the edge, but not covering the front of the phone. And uh, I had to, a couple weeks ago, make a impromptu trip to the Apple store to get my screen replaced because <laughs> I dropped the phone face down on the pavement. And I've had such good luck with phone screens for the last several years that it was a bound to happen um that is i, I wanted to say that i had a, a interesting experience at the genius bar so i made an appointment grove i don't think mine's a grove yet
0: oh really i thought they were all groves now
2: no not mine didn't make any changes i'm not i'll let them change the name if they change something about the store but it's the exact same <laughs> store uh, i also don't think it's called a grove yet i think i think they did have them the they're all officially called town squares now instead of uh, just Apple stores, but the Grove is a specific thing that has like Jeez, a seating yes. area. <laughs> oh, Nick, don't worry. I'm with you on this one. <laughs>
0: um, okay.
2: So I went to the store. They now do screen replacements in the store instead of just giving you a new phone. So I went... They. This is under Apple Care. This is not under Care, So okay. I was going to have to pay $169. Uh, so I went to the store and... They took my phone. And said, "Come back." They said, "It's gonna be a it's gonna be a little bit longer." They had a backlog of screen replacements, so they said, "Come back in uh, an hour and forty five minutes." And I said, "Okay, that's not ideal, but I'll do that." And I think, yeah, I actually did go back to the office um, because I had I was I was going at the end of the day, but I was going slightly earlier than I thought I would. So I, I work fairly close to the store, so I just went back, got all my stuff like cl- cleaned up for the day and went back to the apple store i got back and they said okay we're still not done we need a little bit longer we need like another half hour so if you come back in half hour i said that's super inconvenient but okay uh <laughs> the that, displeasure in my tone <laughs> by that time it was almost dinner so the issue was they were having they were still they were running the um they have a configuration tool that makes sure that everything's lined up and working properly so it's like a display just, wise right because they yeah. there are aspects of the screen like the touch id that need to they need to make sure it's all working together and so i went and i had dinner because by that time dinner time had come so i went back to the store at the end of this a total of about two and a half hours almost that had passed and got back and they said okay so we, we ran the configurator and it failed it did not pass configuration which which actually means i think that more damage was done than just this to just the screen like some either some connection between the screen like that that's a real thing um, regardless they did not despite the fact that i think that my theory is that that means that more was damaged than just a the screen they just gave me a new phone they swapped it out okay and only charged me for the screen replacement so it was very it was rather annoying like normally i'd love getting a, a, a brand new phone but it is slightly more annoying when you're once you're an adult and don't have hours to just play with a new thing to get everything set up and running again and
0: um so iCloud backups are for
2: wine if you can do the black and that that to be fair that took care of like 80 percent of the stuff yeah. you'd have
1: to do but you still have to confirm i gotta say yeah i i setting up this new phone mm-hmm. was i i was prepared to sit down for like two hours and get everything just so the only thing i had to worry about was synchronizing podcast addicts. right everything else was just there and it was beautiful yeah except the- super mario run which is a pain oh but
2: well i guess is that the nintendo account thing because nintendo is crazy about their stuff
1: i i synchronized i signed up with my nintendo account and it's just like no you can buy this if you want and i was oh, like weird or not <laughs> yeah i'd rather not i already did yeah i'll just play well on wi-fi on my other phone yeah. Thanks.
2: um so yeah uh, android has a really good device transfer now iphone also does as of ios 11 there's a really easy like you just put the phones near each other and they'll confirm do you want to move this um settings from this phone to the other new phone um i was told i asked about that specifically and the guy said uh we i would be able to do that except your phone is screwed right now like my old (laughs) phone (laughs) like the reason they had to it was broken in such a way like they didn't have it working properly like the screen wasn't working properly it wasn't it was on but it wasn't responding
0: and so it that was like why. this was like something they did with the amount of responsibility they seem to be taking where they are give me a new phone and saying oh no it's, it's pretty screwed yeah i feel like they wouldn't do that unless it was their own fault it's like they precaution. just did the
2: installation improperly it, it, it's a precaution that they take and it, to be fair before they did the screen repair in store they used to just if you had a broken screen they would just swap it out they would right. just give you and a new device
0: and sell so the repaired one as like a refurbished
2: yeah. phone. Well they presumably. would like send it back to whatever refurbishment center. Right. Like it wouldn't be in store. Right. And now that they have the repair machines in store, the backup plan is to give a new phone if, if anything goes wrong with the process. And so something obviously went wrong, whether it's their fault, I don't it doesn't really make a difference to me because I was I was prepared to just be handed a new phone anyways. That's what they tell you to do. Like get a backup, we're not responsible for any data loss. And that's because they may have to just give you a new phone. Right. So It was fine. I wasn't able to transfer my settings over. So I had to go back. I went to the iCloud backup, which is, it honestly is fine. It's just not ideal. And, uh, so now I'm back to my winter case because it was getting close to winter. Your hands get cold. Like you're slightly less responsive. I had had one beer that night, like four hours earlier. So who knows what's responsible, but, um, ultimately what, what actually caused the phone breakage was I was holding my phone in the same hand as, um, Teddy's leash wrapped
1: around my wrist. And Teddy saw a leaf and he had to chase that leaf. Oh, Rob, no. I know. No, that is a rookie dog mistake. (laughs) No, you can't do that.
2: So I know. That's what I'm saying is that this beer obviously impacted my judgment. I don't drink as much as I used to. This one beer several hours earlier impaired my judgment.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Okay, I I hear that too. That is, yeah. man, I had like the equivalent of a beer and
0: a half the other day. (laughs) (laughs) My God. I forgot where home was. So yeah, you know what I hate about setting up a new phone? Mm. I hate having to redo all the two-factor authentication. <laughs> that's
1: well, Mike. Why don't you tell us more about redoing the two-factor
0: authentication? So the other day, my so just for a bit of background, my current Samsung Galaxy Note four. It's uh, the battery is starting to fail,
1: mm-hmm. so
0: it basically dies at fifty percent now. So mm. not, not great. Good. Mm-hmm. Nope, not great. So halfway through the day, I ran out a battery, but I still wanted to have access to my messaging apps. You know, Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, Discord, Slack, all that kind of stuff. So I'm like, hey, I've got my work phone here. I'll just download those apps and sign into those. So I download the apps, sign in. Hey, we've sent a text to your uh, your your phone number. Uh, why don't you just throw in that old authentication code? No! <laughs> so yeah, that, that threw a wrench in my plan. I thought I was all clever about just swapping over to my other phone and that didn't work. So I hadn't considered that as a potential failure point of two factor, at least when it comes to using SMS for two factor, Mm -hmm. they obviously, some places have the Google authenticator or other authentication app that you can use for the two FA. But in my case, I I usually will do the SMS if I have the option to, just because it doesn't rely on a data connection for it. Uh, actually now that I'm thinking about it, the authenticator apps, those do or don't require data connection. They do. They do. Yeah. Right. So yeah, if I'm somewhere without a data connection, then I'd, I'd still like to be able to get my, my two factor code. But mm-hmm. in this case, I just didn't have access to the phone at all because it was dead and that wasn't allowing me to sign in. So that was
1: actually the reason that I, that I initially for, uh, for went for, for <laughs> yeah, gone for anyway. Went.
0: for for
2: goad for went is a word
1: anyway (laughs) i did not enable two-factor authentication for that reason but then after someone tried to break in from southeast asia somewhere i was like "Mm, maybe i should just turn this on anyway
0: (laughs) which which app was that for that you chose to to flip that for was it google
1: which which someone just tried to sign into google
0: oh right so your google account like a bunch of apps now have the the two-factor so that's why i was was curious because for a while and again i don't know if it was like a token that i gave permission for but i don't think this happens but i kept getting twitter attempted logins Hmm. on my account so it kept sending me text saying your twitter code is blah 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 right i'm like i'm not trying to sign in from anywhere (laughs) right (laughs) so uh those stopped thankfully i think i changed my password and then it it was fine after that Mm -hmm. but uh yeah Anyway, use a password manager. So, do you recommendation? Mike, do you get the, do you use Google
2: Authenticator for your two factor or do you use the like Google app or like built in Google stuff on Android for for the Google logins?
0: Oh, it it depends. If I have my phone on me, then it it will give that notification and say, Are you trying to sign in? And it'll say yes. There's, but I do have like when I'm trying to sign in from like a new browser, Mm -hmm. like it still will ask, like, okay, Google's good about this because when they try to do the two-factor, they'll give, uh, oh, you know, tap the notification. Oh, if you don't have your, if not able to do other options, they'll say, right. oh, text this number, text this number, call this number, send an email, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. They, they give a bunch of options. Yeah. So right now when I'm able to and have the phone with me, I'll do that notification thing and just say, yes, I'm trying to sign in and it will mm-hmm. be fine. Uh, Microsoft does the same thing, but there's other apps where they only have you know, SMS or an authenticator app right. of, of some sort. So, I mean, like, like I said, I'll always do SMS if they're let me, right. But some only do the authenticator app. So I'll just use that and that's fine. Right. So what like I, I have if, set up, IFTTT has the authenticator app. I don't think they do the SMS one. Right.
2: What I have set up is I have every device that I have a thing like that for, I have multiple, like my boat, all my devices can be a second factor. So if my phone died, my iPad would still get the Google login alerts through the Google app, and I don't know. I don't. I haven't used any service that uses Authenticator in a while, um, but the like Apple's two factor authentication works the same way, where like because I have all my devices secured with a password or or like fingerprint authentication, I can approve any
0: login from any of those devices. Right. I think we talked about it. I don't remember if it was on this show or on desktop when you said that you had tried to log in from whatever device. I think it was like a MacBook. Mm-hmm. And it said, hey, is this you? But it was asking on the MacBook. Right. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Which it kind of defeated that purpose. Well, so it, it kind of defeats the purpose, but not it really. It actually because, entirely defeats it. No,
2: because you still need to log in to that laptop when you're when you start using it. Like if if mm, if it I was guess. locked, you'd have to unlock it in order to get that authentication at all. It's it's another device that's separate from the account that it's lo- it's being logged into that causes the issue. I don't think I might unless someone is able to steal my MacBook and have it like while I'm sitting there and have it stay right. unlocked. Right. But as soon as it locks, like it's password protected.
0: I suppose. So yeah, that's fair.
2: Yeah, I'm less. I I should make my passwords more secure now because. All of those passwords are just not secure. Right. Um, they're not password, but
1: because yeah. <laughs> I'm not actually trying to keep anybody out. But Rob, you've just decreased your password security because now everyone knows that that's not your password. Oh, yep, that's true. They could get in Jeez, one man. microsecond faster. I thought I thought you were into like tech and security and stuff like that, mm-hmm. clearly. Yeah, I actually should turn them up the The security
2: of my passwords because touch ID and authentication is getting good enough that I actually trust it like 95% of the time now. So I'm at, probably at the point where I could make my passwords more secure. It's just super annoying to type them in. Yeah. So was that your, uh, that was your two-factor story, Mike? Because I also have something that I wanted to, to add to the yes. two-factor thing. Yes, that was. Um, so... At work, one of the f- big things that we do, one of our flagship programs at NSERC is called the Discovery Grants Program. And so for three weeks out of the year, we have people come in from mostly around the country, but there are a few international people as well. They come in and they review our flagship grant program. And we have to make sure that these... Um, these members that are voting on reviews are doing so, first of all, anonymously, but also that we're making sure that the people that we want to review the applications are actually reviewing their applications, uh, that we think they are. And because we are trying, we're trying this year to come up with a new bring-your-own-device aspect to that, where they're working on a web system that once you log into our our Wi-Fi network at NSERC, that you'll be able to log in as yourself and vote through your own. Thing, whereas before we'd have laptops on the desk, and this brought we had a big discussion about it because it seemed it it was relatively insecure the process that they were coming up with as a as a replacement with this bring your own device thing. Mm -hmm. It was relatively insecure in that you could log into a different room and accidentally vote. We're not we're not worried about um we're not worried about maliciously hacking votes, but we're worried about people mistakenly voting in the wrong area. Um. And so we, we, we had a meeting yesterday we were t- or on uh, Friday, we were talking about this at length and the old system was two-factor authentication because you had to be logged in on the right computer in the room in addition to authenticating yourself. And with this new system, bring your own device, you, you only have to be logged in as yourself. You don't have to be in the room in order to be able to vote. And so what this led me down, what this led me down the path of was thinking, okay, well, we need a second factor. We need to right. enable two-factor authentication. We need mm-hmm. a number that is generated or or only given while you're inside the room. And so I've, I've now suggested this to the uh, the development team that's working on this, this thing for the competition. And I don't see any other way to make this secure because everyone was really worried about the possibility of people voting wrong. And I was like, I, I just got down to thinking of, huh, okay, so this is a typical internet security problem. Let's solve it with a typical internet security solution. And the solution is come up with a code that is unique to the room that whoever, whatever NSERC staff is sitting in the room at the time of voting, they would just say, okay, the code for this room, for this application is like one, two, three, four. And then you'd enter it. And if someone was in another room, they wouldn't be able to accidentally vote or mistakenly vote for the wrong application because they would get a different number. Mm -hmm. And... I just like when I say when we talk about these things, it kind of feels like they don't have real world applications, like they kind of have personal applications. But being able to apply the security principles that we talk about and learn when we're discussing things on the show, they really do apply in the real world. And it seems like IT was when I once I explained what I was trying to get at with this guy after the meeting had ended, when there were a bunch of kind of more non-technical people that were working on the programs. Uh, we're discussing like back and forth about is this secure, is it not? I went and talked to him for like three minutes after the meeting and I was like it explained what I meant and how two factories like, you know what, you're right. That is that would solve all our problems. And so I'm I'm really interested to see what happens uh like in the coming weeks if that ends up being kind of the answer to our security slash authentication problems. Right. Yeah. I'm I'm very excited. I I love being able to apply the stuff that we kind of are interested and passionate about and apply it to like real life and jobs and actual work
0: yeah and and I think you you alluded to something there about it being maybe confusing or intimidating to non tech mm-hmm. people and and I yeah. don't mean that in a you know it is yeah in, in like an ego or authoritarian sense like but just yeah. people who aren't uh, familiar with how things work technologically when you start bringing in these concepts. It's like, oh, well, like, you know, like you said, you have to kind of explain it a bit and kind of sell it as, you know, this is a very simple and straightforward thing to do, mm-hmm. but it solves the problem that we have. Yeah. So
1: I'm very excited. That is neat when that happens. Mm-hmm.
2: It makes me feel good about myself and like the fact that what I'm learning is actually applicable to work. Like I don't, when I spend time on these kinds of things at work like technology and improving things and learning about how like, for example, security infrastructure works, it actually can apply directly to your job. Like there's a reason why companies who kind of allow their employees more flexibility in what they kind of teach themselves about these things actually can pay off. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, I don't know what what do you guys want to close the show with i do have i do want to talk about even briefly just as a psa i i wanted to put it earlier in the show but here we are um this there's a link in here that'll be in the notes uh, from the crtc it's back from june 1st i think of 2017 but uh as a psa because we're only doing this show every uh month now every third sunday the next time the show comes out you can do this and actually by december 1st you can do this if you um if you're on a cell phone plan in Canada and your phone is locked to the carrier that you have the plan with as of December 1st of 2017, you can call or go to your carrier and they have to unlock your phone for free. As of like, as of December 1st, the, the, uh, the rep I talked to said on December 2nd, come in or, or call and we'll unlock it for you. Um, the only issue being that a lot of people are probably going to be doing that. So you might have to wait like on a phone line or, or in line, but, that's super exciting. Oh, so you don't no... have to be physically there even? They can do it. No, you can call it they, oh, nice. they, it's an IMEI or like a, okay. it's a sim right. lock. So it's not uh it doesn't have to be your physical device.
1: I was shocked that wasn't the case already. I know.
2: <laughs> there's no like there's no it, it doesn't null and void your contract. It just means that you're not you can take your phone to another carrier once you once your contract's ended or if you want to buy out of your contract. It's it's such a a weird rule for it to have existed like it's it's leftover um flack from the old systems
0: well i think before carriers would try to sell themselves as being the first to have whatever phone or the only ones right. to have whatever phone and i don't really think that's a thing anymore especially now that buying directly from the manufacturer or just you know re- resold phones that kind of stuff is becoming so right. much more popular like people don't buy phones directly from carriers a lot of the time anymore mm-hmm. right and and if well, they do like yeah. these phones are available everywhere because people want them so that every carrier is going to yeah. have them
2: it is the case that this will potentially lead to people like again if you're using an old phone or if, like if your phone that you bought doesn't work on all bands of lte or something that you may not be able to use every phone in every single situation but that is so the minority and it is already an issue if you paid to unlock your phone and tried to use it on that thing. Like, it's not, you're not solving any issue by kind of completely locking down every phone unless you pay 50 bucks to unlock it. Like, that's all they're doing is getting rid of that $50 to unlock fee that you can do. Right. So, I would recommend if you are on a plan like it, that ups the resale value of, of your phone if you want to resell it, if it's unlocked. Uh, it makes you more free. Like if you need to go to the or States.
1: does it anymore?
2: Well, no, it it does. It makes it inherently more valuable. It's not going to be in comparison. It's not going to be. But now if, if you're selling your Fido phone and you and someone has a TELUS account, they don't have to, that doesn't have to be a okay. a, a layer yeah. to think about. Yeah. Also, if you're going to the States or if you're going internationally and you want to roam, uh, you need an unlocked phone. And previously, people either couldn't do it or had to go with like a roam like home or uh, one of the like Fidos is called Fido Roam. We have to pay the carrier a bunch of money as opposed to like if you're going to Europe, for example, where they have a lot cheaper data, you could just put in a a $10 SIM card and basically have unlimited data there. Hmm. So, yeah, uh, if your phone is not unlocked, uh, I would recommend going and doing this. This also means that if I when I do update my phone, upgrade my phone, I have no reason to go to the Apple store to buy an unlocked one anymore because uh, so I can save a little bit of money from whatever money they'll give me off the phone for renewing my two year contract. But it'll still be an unlocked phone. That was the reason why, because I liked having that unlocked phone.
0: It, yeah. I know the last time we bought a mobile hotspot for Maria's work, and one of the things that they had was they wouldn't sell a device without a plan mm-hmm. with it, yep. or if you already had a plan. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's also going to change. Like, I think carriers are it still could. allowed to do that. Yeah. Like, I think they should. Like, I don't see why they wouldn't sell you a phone if you want to buy a phone. Well, they would be, just sell at a full price. Because they get their money from the plan. Like they're well, sure, but right? they'll still sell you a phone at face at at market value. No, I know they should, but their whole thing is, well, we're not going to sell you a phone unless you're going to get a plan from us cuz you could just take that right. phone wherever, right? Right, but why wouldn't they? Like if they if they why wouldn't they sell you an iPhone at 950 or
2: whatever it is dollars if that's what the going rate is? Why wouldn't they want to sell you a phone? I, I don't Obviously, know. Obviously they'll make more money if you get right. a
1: plan, but <laughs> If they want yeah. to buy a phone from you, then you're selling a phone. Well, gentlemen, as, thr- as thrilling as this is, I must go. I, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your conversation. <laughs> okay, Nick. Just so that we're on the record, I agree with Mike.
0: Okay. <laughs> Bye, guys. I can edit that out. Don't worry.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Rob's, Rob's just going to create a whole soundboard of everyone yeah. and just mix and match sentences <laughs> yeah. for the record i agree with rob <laughs> for the record i don't agree with mike <laughs> uh
2: yeah is there anything else you uh i have a few more minutes if you want to talk about i do want to talk about the ontario id card so if you want to do that well it's, it's a little late now <laughs> fine <laughs> that's Honestly, all I want to say is that I posted this. I'll put it in the notes. All I want to say is that I can't wait to not have to carry my wallet because it's stupid ID cards. Well, no,
0: like I, I have a lot of thoughts on just having physical cards be a necessity. Mm-hmm. Like i since I heard about the Apple wallet and mm-hmm. what they're doing with that, like, it's like, why haven't we done that sooner? Like right. when it comes to bank cards and all that kind of stuff, like, you know, hacking, quote unquote, hacking risks aside you know like that's always a consideration but i don't know i feel that you know you can just as easily lose your card and people can use it right so i think you're less i think you're more likely to lose a card and be compromised that way than like be quote-unquote hacked or whatever right and get your your money stolen that way yeah it's not the card itself that provides the the thing
2: that is written on the card, like it's it's the fact that they're in your it that you're in their database and that they have a record of you having the thing. Like if so, for example, if I submit uh, a copy of my diploma to as a as a reference or as an education check for a job, if I send them a copy of my diploma, does that mean that I have that diploma, or does that mean I was able to produce a facsimile that looked similar right. enough? Like they still, if they were worried having that piece of copied paper or digital pdf is not enough they would have to go and call the university and say is did this person get a master's degree from you in such and such a year they'd still have to go and check right so that's why a lot of places a lot of places
0: get you to have your school send them yeah your transcript So it's coming from... Yeah, it depends on the place. Yeah, no, not not everyone, probably not even most people are going to get you to do that. But if if they are actually concerned about that, that's what they get you to do is is have them, the school fax over or whatever, Mm -hmm. a copy of your transcript.
2: One of the things I haven't done yet, but they really want to do is take a really good high quality picture of my driver's license, put it on my phone. And then if someone asks for my, see my license, just show them that. Because again, it's the same idea. Yes, you can have a fake driver's license, but having a card versus having a picture of the card is no different in terms of how it authenticates. They still have to, if they actually wanted to be sure, they'd have to go and check the database. There's security no, features honestly, on
0: the card though. What are they? I, I, like don't, what, I don't know off the top of my head, but cards like that will have security features on them.
2: But they're security features that are difficult to reproduce. Right. They're not impossible to reproduce.
0: No, but again, you're you're less likely to have that reproduce and just have a picture fake. Right. Right. But. It's easier the to end, fake a you, picture than it is to fake the the security measures that are on those cards.
2: But they don't, again, they're not checking the, like, I want what I want to do, I don't want to say, like, I, w- I don't want to only carry around my phone and not bring my driver's license as a result, but I want to be able to go and say, oh, can I see your license and show them the picture? If they say, oh, I need to see the actual card, then fine. But I want to see if I can get away with just using the picture. Mm-hmm because they're not checking the security features they're just glancing at it and saying looks real is real
0: well no because there's there's laws against producing fake identification so in the case that it was found that it was fake or if they wanted to press the issue then you'd be challenged that way
2: well then i would give them the real license (laughs) (laughs) you know what i'm saying though like uh, obviously there are details here that are wishy-washy but the main point being that you don't need the actual license. That's not the part that's valid. Like uh, the, I told you a story a couple of years ago about how I, we bought travel insurance and they wrote the information down on a little card and they gave it to me. And then I immediately put it in the washing machine. Um, the card that contained those numbers was not the proof of my insurance. The numbers themselves are the proof of the insurance. And it doesn't matter if you have the card or not. Mm hmm. They have to look up in their system. Oh, policy number. blah, 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 da. Right. And then my poli- like because I washed the thing, it doesn't mean my insurance right. is invalid. Well,
0: it just means I need a new card. Well, it's the same thing as like the social insurance number card. Yeah. Like a lot of places, like oh, you must have the actual card. It's like, why? Why? Yeah. Like, <laughs> the card doesn't do anything. The number's on there. I know yeah, the number. The card look does it up. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but no, I I agree with any initiative to get rid of physical cards. Yeah. They're-
2: especially you if die. your license data and information and the, the copy like in your wallet is stored biometrically and like you have to actually unlock authenticate with your fingerprint or whatever it is to access to be able to show your card on
0: the card or on the phone on the phone like in this this thing that they're trying to implement with the yeah the like ID, if, if right? you
2: said if it said like oh show me your id you open up the app or you open up wallet or whatever and th- and you have to authenticate again right in order to actually yeah. show it
0: yeah even like a fingerprint
2: Right. Like that'd be, that'd be fine. Mm -hmm. Whatever authentication method your phone has. Yeah. 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 I'm very excited. So I can't like the, the, the actual headline here is that Ontario photo ID cards, they've, uh, an Ottawa based software company has won a contract to work on a virtual ID of this type. And I'm just really excited for it to potentially be happening. Mm
0: hmm. Yeah, well, it's it's the same thing, and hopefully, it turns out better than the efforts of transit systems trying to get with the times. Yeah. But oh my gosh, I mean, ah. like the the contract that they won, I think it was like like just over one million dollars. I think. Yeah, like that's yeah. not that doesn't sound like a lot to develop no, like something like it this. Sounds like nothing. Yeah, yeah, so it's like I don't know how far they're going to get with that little money, but mm-hmm. we'll see.
2: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well. What do you say, Mike? Is that enough for the week? I think so. You, do you feel satisfied? I've only been sitting here for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> WordPress updated their HTML widgets to do code auto-completion and um, contextual like colorization of data types and script types. So... For instance, my I have a widget that I use to turn on the little live indicator on the website, and uh, so I just change one value from true to false, or from false to true when we're live, and uh, I'd start typing true, and it auto completes the word true. Wow! And like you've you know what I mean when I say colorized, like your code is colorized based on what it is, right? Like
0: like it's an if then type thing
2: an if and yeah sure if it's yeah if it's just a string in quotes then it's a different yeah. color and yeah it has that hmm. css is all color you
0: have to go and like literally edit the code every time you're gonna switch it to live yep that's annoying
2: uh i don't i it used to be a lot more annoying now i just have to go to a link and then type a word mm. and then type it again when
0: <laughs> when we're done or it just stays saying <laughs> live wouldn't be self-explanatory right. if we're live if there's something in the video that's on that page right but if you're on the home page it's oh, like the word live okay is, i see is red right yeah you can
2: click on the link and just go straight to it nice on the page it would be self-explanatory yes yep. it's the same way relay fm does it although my thing is styled much better a lot of
0: the stuff we do is similar to Relay FM.
2: Well, <laughs> Relay FM is similar to Five by Five, which is where they were before, and they got a lot of the ideas from that.
0: Like even down to our tweet format and Twitter handle format.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Again, that's not new to Relay FM. That's, that's, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think Five by Five and other podcasts, networks have done it similarly. I see. Learn from the best, and they learn from the rest. What? What does it even mean? Learn from the rest and they learn from the best. I don't know what that
0: means. <laughs> it's, it's <an> English statement. <laughs> um, I think that's our cold clothes.
2: <laughs> I hope the episode is already over because we were talking about nothing for like five minutes.
0: That's what after shows are supposed to be. Uh, sure. <laughs> An empty reward for those who choose to stay till the end.